0: Thanks for checking out the Refuge Official Podcast. Wherever you're from, we hope that this message will encourage you and help you grow in your relationship with God.
1: Thank you so much for being here, and I have the privilege this morning to introduce to you Amy Rice. Now, Amy recently got married to this guy here, Tyler, and which is you're going to hear a little bit about that in her testimony uh, this morning. But Amy is a Refuge Kids director, and so she serves part-time with that. Her other job, she works for Century in procurement. Now, what that means, she just buys things. That, that has to be a fun job <laughs> for the company. So she has kind, kind of a, like a large budget to work with, with all that. But uh, Amy has such a passion. You know, she's a pastor's daughter, and so that means something, I think. <laughs> Um, You'll find out, Um, but uh, she has a passion, and she imparts so much when she steps into a room. She's a giver. She loves Jesus, and she has a word for us this morning that will be very impactful in our lives, so I want you to take heed, and i just give her a warm welcome as she comes. Amy, come on up here. Well,
0: good morning, good morning. I was a little worried just for a second that he was going to steal part of my message, but no, I'm just, I'm just teasing. Um, first of all, before I even get started, I just want to say a big thank you to Pastor Matt and Pastor Deb for the opportunity. Thank you for entrusting me with your dear congregation. Um, it means a lot and it's a privilege. I'm a little emotional because his introduction, you know, I always say I'm not a super emotional person and then I find myself in these situations getting emotional and so... I appreciate your words, Pastor Matt, very much. Um, Before I um, even get started, I just want to start out with a word of prayer. So Lord, we thank you for your presence in this place this morning. Father, we thank you that what we walked in with, we don't have to leave with. We thank you, Lord, that you are here, that you're moving, that you're alive, and that we get to encounter you. We get to have a relationship with you. And so I thank you that, as I share this morning, it's your words coming through my mouth. And I thank you, God, for who you are. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So I just have to confess, first thing this morning, I get a little excited I told the sound booth it might be a good, t- a good idea to turn my volume down a little bit. So, um, but I'm, I'm really excited to be here for multiple reasons. You see, I <clears throat> was not created for quarantine. I don't know about all of you, but I am 97% extroverted. You can ask my husband. He will confirm that. I need the people. I love the people. And when I'm away from the people, it gets challenging. So... <laughs> I am really excited, and I'm excited because um, my topic this morning, which is choose joy, is a journey that God has brought me on for a very, very long time, and um, it, you know, 10, 12 years of choosing joy, and so we're going to dive into that, but first, I want to talk to you a little bit about the, the scripture that I would like to read, which is out of Nehemiah. So if you brought your Bibles or you have your little electronic devices, we're going to go to um, Nehemiah chapter 8. We're going to start um, in verse 8, but before we do that, I really like when I am reading the Bible to understand what's going on. When I find a scripture that really speaks to me and really comes alive to my circumstances or my situation, I like to know what's going on around the time that that scripture was, was written. And so, um, let's understand a little bit about what happened in Nehemiah before we read the, these scriptures. So what happened is, Nehemiah is approximately 1,000 years after the time of Noah, and it's about 400 years before Jesus. So that's the time set. And what's going on is the nation of Israel and the Jewish people are sitting in a desperate state. So, their city is in complete ruin. They're in the process of rebuilding it, but it's taking time. It's not rebuilt. Their temple, their beautiful, Solomon's beautiful temple, was destroyed. There are people who had been in captivity for 70 years. Now, I was in quarantine for like, what was it, Pastor Matt, 60 days or something? And that felt like 70 years to me. 70 years. 70 years of oppression, of slavery, of living in a different land. They were plucked from their promised land. So now they're back. Nehemiah returned to the promised land um, with a remnant of people, and they're sitting in this city. And imagine being surrounded with devastation. And at the time, they're in the process of rebuilding their walls. And in that day, walls are a sign of security. They're a sign of safety. They're a sign of protection. They, they have no walls. They have no temple. And so they sit in a desperate state. Everything is destroyed. And then here pops on the scene Ezra. Ezra is a priest. He's the anointed one to share the law. The law at the time is the word of God. So he's there to share the word of God to the people. They're all gathered, kind of like we're all gathered today. Ezra pops in the scene. And this is what Ezra shares. They read from the book of the law of God, making it clear and giving the meaning so that the people understood what was being read. Then Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest, and the teacher of the law, and the Levites who were instructing the people said to them all, this day is the holy Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep, for all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. Nehemiah said, go and enjoy choice foods, sweet drinks, and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The Levites calmed all the people, again saying, Be still, for this is a holy day. Do not grieve. Then all the people went away to eat and drink, to send portions of food, and to celebrate with great joy because they now understood the words that had been made known to them. And what I love about that is... They understood the words that had been made known to them. And that's a little bit of when we're reading our Bible and we dive in and dig into the context around what's around it. It's understanding the words that have been made known to us, okay? And that's why I love understanding the, the context of the scripture. There was so much happening. There was so much going on. We get to see what was happening, the conditions of the heart of the people in that time. And um, imagine they are coming out of oppression. Captivity, their city is in ruin, but they chose to walk in joy. They chose to walk in joy. And this morning, today, we are going to learn about choosing to walk in joy. But in order to choose to walk in joy, I think it's important for us to know and understand what joy is, okay? Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes. I get happiness and joy mixed up. Okay. So happiness is defined as an emotion. It's in which we experience feelings ranging from contentment and satisfaction to bliss and intense pleasure. Happiness is Judy Hill dropping off the most delicious barbecue pork ribs at Tyler and I's house this week. Let me tell you, there was a lot of satisfaction taking place as we ate that meal. If you don't know Judy, you need to get to know her. It was happiness. It was bliss, okay? Um, Happiness is your husband treating you nicely and bringing you flowers and, oh, complimenting you because you're pretty. That's happiness. Joy is defined as the settled assurance that God is in control of all of the details of my life. The quiet confidence that ultimately... Everything is going to be all right. And the determined choice to praise God in every situation. Is it okay if I read that again? Joy is the settled, settled assurance that God is in control of all of the details of my life. The quiet confidence that ultimately everything, everything is going to be all right. And the determined choice to praise God in every situation. So, this has been a journey, ladies and gentlemen. This has been a journey to, lose, to choose joy. Not lose joy. I have not lost joy. I choose joy. It's been a journey. So, it's really important for us to grasp the difference between joy and happiness. So... <clears throat> you would probably not like me very much if I came up to you as you were walking through a trial or a difficult circumstance. And I said, "Hmm, you need to have bliss right now. You need to have um, this happy contentment. And you need to experience satisfaction in the midst of this trial. You probably wouldn't like me very much if I told you to be happy as you walk through your trials. But what about if I came up to you and I prayed? that you would know the settled assurance that God is in control of every aspect of your life. There's a big difference. And let me tell you, this has been a journey for me. Choosing joy hasn't always been easy. Choosing joy, um, let's let's rewind a little bit because Pastor Matt told you a little bit of my story that I am married to... (laughs) the most incredible man in the room, (laughs) and um, I haven't always been. I haven't always been. We got married in October, and we have a happy and joyful marriage. Um, But let's rewind 12 years ago to Amy Winkleman at the time, who wanted nothing more than to get married, wanted nothing more than to be a mom and have a family, See, I love kids. One of the hardest things for me about quarantine is I don't have kids. And so, like, I was missing kids. And I see some parents. You're like, here, you can have my kid. No. But that was really hard for me. That was really hard for me because I love kids, which is helpful in my role at at Refuge. I genuinely love your kids. And I'm glad. Hi, Kelvin. I'm glad that they get to be in service with, with us this morning. But I found myself in this place. You know, I had it all figured out. I don't know if you've ever been there. I had it all figured out. I was going to get married at 23. I was going to start having babies by 25. And, um, you know, it was going to be this stay-at-home mom. And I was going to have all these little babies. I was going to have the handsome, successful husband. Well, that part happened. But, um, you know, and, and by, you know, by 30, I'd just be rocking this young mom life. Well, let me tell you something. I know it's hard to tell, but I'm 35. Um, I got married in October. So let's start to do the math, 23 to 35. There were a lot of years in between the answer, okay? And I can tell you, there were a lot of times in those years that I was not happy. There were a lot of times, bridal shower after bridal shower after bridal shower. I have been a bridesmaid. So many times I have a closet full of beautiful, or had, I got rid of them finally, but a closet full of beautiful bridesmaids dresses, baby shower after baby shower, standing up in wedding after wedding and celebrating with um, friends in their joy and in their happiness, thinking, man, I can't wait for this. God, I can't wait for this. I wasn't happy. I'd get frustrated sometimes. I had some real conversations with the Lord. But you know what? Do you know that he can handle that? He can handle what's in your heart. And so I would take that to him, and I'd be like, Lord, I just just don't understand. I see everybody else getting their answer. It says in Psalms that in the morning... Oh, Lord, in the morning, I put my requests before you, and I wait in expectation. So guess what I started to do? I made an exchange, took that frustration, I took those feelings, and I said, Lord, I don't understand. I don't understand why everybody else is getting their answer, and I don't understand why you're asking me to walk this path. But you know what? Standing where I'm standing today, I'd re-walk the path. Because I see what's on the other side. The other side is the most incredible in-laws that a woman could ask for. I have heard horror stories. I don't have to live it. I mean, I love my in-laws so much. I actually like spending time with them. I'm not just saying that because they're here, but it's true. <laughs> like, it true. It, it's true. <laughs> We enjoy family dinner. My brother and sister-in-law are um, some of the most incredible people that I know. And on this side of it, I see what I had to walk through. But when I was in it, when I was in it, I didn't know. I didn't know. Maybe it was going to be 45. Maybe it was going to be 50. Thank you, Lord, that it wasn't. (laughs) But in my journey, I had to choose joy. Joy. I had to choose to lay down my desire and my timeline and surrender it. All right, Lord. You know what? There was one point in my journey that I made a conscious choice, and I remember it. I was laying on my bed, and I—be careful what you pray. I was laying on my bed, and I said, Lord, I have tried it your way, and I don't like it. I'm doing it my way do that. it, It was the biggest mistake of my life. That relationship was a very big mistake. But thankfully, I walked through it. I'm on the other side. But you know what I learned through it all? Because we can walk through stuff, but we come out on the other side learning something. Is that God's way? So much better. I would rather wait 12 years to meet that guy right there than have my pick 12 years ago, okay? So, um, but what did I practically have to do in that time, right? In Psalms 1911, it says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So what I had to do is I had to step into Turning off the noise, stopping the comparison, and leaning in to who Jesus is. Some days that meant turning on my worship music as loud as I could so that it would get in through my thick skull and worshiping the Lord and finding that in his presence there's an exchange that takes place. He doesn't ask me to be happy in the trial. He asks me to have unsettled assurance that he's in control. You know, there are a lot of people here today who have walked through, who are walking through, who are experiencing some of life's most crushing circumstances. And I would never get up on this stage and say, you need to be happy while you're doing that. But I can say that God can give us joy and God can give us unsettled assurance that he is in control, that no matter what that circumstance is, he, he does have a plan. Even in the middle of it, when you throw up your hands and you think, how can this be a part of God's plan? He is in control. So <clears throat> because he's in control, Um, not me. (laughs) I'm so glad I'm not in control. But that was a really hard lesson to learn. Here's another thing that I learned. In that time of of taking my um, circumstances to the Lord and exchanging it for what he had for me, I learned that my circumstances are very temporary. They're temporary, even if it's 12 years long actually looking back on it, I think it went pretty quick. I'm way loving this side of life way more. But our hope in Jesus is eternal. We get to trade this temporary life and the trials that we're walking through for eternity. But you know what? Our circumstances can really try to steal our joy. There can be circumstances that are so crippling that how can I even find that joy? How can I even experience that unsettled assurance? Because everywhere I look, I feel the pressing and the crushing of my circumstances. Our joy is rooted in God, in Jesus, in his word, not in what our circumstances say. Our circumstances try to steal our strength. They definitely try to steal our strength. I have watched one of my closest friends watch, walk through a journey of infertility. And it's something that I never understood. I never understood. And um, I've seen such a strength in her. It's not her strength. She can't do it on her strength. She relies on the strength of who Jesus is. And she inspires me. I want to read the last part of that definition one more time. Joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all of the details of my life. The quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right. And the determined choice to praise God in every circumstance. The determined choice to praise God in every circumstance. There have been circumstances that I have thought, man, I don't, God, I don't want to praise you in the middle of this. Um, if you've been to refuge before, I sometimes do the emceeing, which Murr did this morning and did wonderfully. And um, I've shared little parts of my dad's story. Uh, A couple of years ago, my dad was um, diagnosed with inoperable and incurable pancreatic cancer. And I'll give you the very Reader Digest version is... Um, We found a doctor who said, we will try to operate and we will try to remove this tumor. And um, so we took him. He had the surgery. He survived the surgery. He came home. And we're thinking, man, wow, God is so good. I watched my dad through that trial, lift his hands and praise the Lord every single day as he faced to face with death. And um, I got a phone call. Last year, about this time, from my mom, who was down at the hospital with my dad, he had had some complications after the surgery, and they rushed him down by ambulance to Milwaukee. And I got a phone call a couple days later. I was, Amy, you need to come to the hospital. Your dad has multiple infections, and they um, they can't figure out a dosage of the antibiotic to fight them and it doesn't look good, Amy, and you need to come here. And so, you know, when you hear that, there's fear that rises up in you. And so, I found someone to watch my dog quick. I hop in the car, and I I hop in the car, and I'm getting ready for my two-hour drive, and um, tears start spilling down my face because there's real fear. My dad, one of, like, like Pastor Matt said, he was a pastor. He has served the Lord his entire life. Ended up being going out on the mission field, reaching unreached people groups for Jesus, people who had never heard the gospel before. He's going into those territories. And I'm thinking, how can this? How can I have the unsettled assurance in the middle of this? And I made a choice in that moment. I could have spent the next two hours crying out of fear for what I'd find, but I turned on my worship music and i lifted my hands and i said god you're faithful god i believe you're sovereign i believe you're working out a plan i believe that you i believe that you are working my circumstances even when i can't see it and we just lifted our hands today and we worship that we sing those songs because we sing it because we know who god is and what he is able to do but there's a lot of us who've walked through circumstances and the outcomes have been crushing Our circumstances are temporary. His joy is eternal. That joy is eternal. Maybe today you walked in here and you're feeling some very hopeless circumstances. Maybe your plan, the plan that you had for life, isn't lining up with God's plan. That can be so hard when you see everyone else's happiness working out, and you're just like, God. But we get to tell our feelings to get in line with the word of God. And so today, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the Holy Spirit. And remember, he's not asking us to walk through trials with joy. Excuse me. Whoop. He is asking us for joy, not happiness. <laughs> that was a little slip of the whole tongue there. He is not asking us to walk through trials with happiness. He is asking us to have joy in the fact that he is in control. We also say he is the same God today as he was the day that he raised jesus from the dead he is that same god and we have access to him through our relationship with jesus maybe you've walked in and you've been watching the news and you've been on social media and you you just feel the weight of the world on your shoulders let me tell you i've known for about a month that this would be the that this is the message that that um, God wanted me to share. And this past month, he has given, I I have found, multiple opportunities to choose joy in my circumstances, in tough circumstances, in heartache, in difficult trials. But let me tell you something. When you get in the practice of choosing joy, happiness comes just a little bit easier. So we look not at the things are seen, but at the things which are unseen, for the things which are visible, visible are temporary, just brief and fleeting. But the things which are invisible are everlasting and imperishable. So when we find ourselves in those circumstances we get to look to an everlasting and imperishable jesus and ask him to be the one to define our circumstances we have the opportunity you know i say choose joy because we have the opportunity to choose it and we have the opportunity to remo- renew renew our mindset Every time we open our Bibles, every time we walk into these doors, into this church, every time we enter into worship, we have the opportunity to move from temporary to eternity. And how we do that, we've got to quiet the noise around us. Has anyone ever found themselves like in a little bit of funk? Maybe it's just me in a little bit of a funk. And, you know, your mood's a little bit off and you just... You read your Bible, and it's not really speaking to you. And you ever find yourself in that place? Find yourself on social media, scrolling through everybody else's life and seeing their highlight reel and comparing it to, to what you've got going on. Com- putting, we have to get into the practice of putting our focus on who Jesus is, quieting that noise. Kids, there's some kids in the room today. And some of you might get frustrated sometimes when your parents say, no, you can't watch that. No, you can't listen to that. No, I don't want you playing that video game. Do you know that they don't do that things, kids, because they're mean? They don't do that, those things because they're mean. Our brains are like a computer chip. Like we have this bundle of nerves at the back of our brain called the reticular activating system. And it is the little bundle of nerves that makes your brain a computer chip. Because what comes into you is what goes out of you. And what this RAS does, which is the reticular activating system, is it, in the, in the moment of crisis, it moves you towards your dominant thought. So if your dominant thought, if my dominant thought is binging on the good old Netflix all day long, Scrolling through social media, comparing myself to everybody else around me, when I'm in a moment of crisis, what is going to be the thing that my mind moves to? Is it going to be that Netflix show that added nothing to my life? Now, don't get me wrong. I watch Netflix, I love TV. There's nothing, I'm not saying don't do those things. But what I am saying is we have to make sure that we're putting ourselves in a place that we're encountering Jesus. Our brains are a computer chip, so kids don't get mad at your parents when they're trying to create an environment for you, for your brains and for your minds. What else can bring us joy other than Jesus? I don't know about you, but I've walked through things that my strength, and I'll ask the worship team to join me up here. um, I couldn't walk through it in my own strength couldn't walk through it without knowing who Jesus is. There are people in this room who have walked through things even harder and more heart than I have. Maybe you're here for the first time today, and you walked in, and you're like, I didn't know I was going to get this, this happy, loud talker. But the beautiful part is Jesus is in this place. He's in this place when we walk in, and he's with you as you go. He is the everlasting and imperishable God. And we get to exchange our temporary for his eternal. And so I would like to pray this morning. If you're in a place that you have walked in with circumstances that maybe are crushing you, that you would, we're about to sing another song, but that you would be able to encounter Jesus today. It's as simple as raising your hands and saying, Father, I can't walk through this alone. I can't do this on my own. He's not asking you to. That's the beautiful part. There will be a prayer team up here that would love to pray for you too. And so um, if you'd like to stand, we're going to pray. Father, we thank you that in this place, you are here. The same God who was, is, and you are here. And so, Father, we welcome you into this place, into our circumstances. And, Father, I pray for each person in this room who is feeling the weight of anxiety, the weight of addiction, the weight of hopelessness. And Father, we ask you that today would be a defining moment, that we would choose to walk in joy, that you are in control, that we would lift our hands and we would worship the God who is and who it was and who was a above all things who can do all things he is greater than anxiety he is greater than addiction he is greater than financial hardship and marital hardship and we invite you into this place well we know you're here in this place but we invite you into our circumstances and we say father not my way but your way we know that you have started a work in us and you are not finished. And so we thank you, Lord, that we are in the process and we choose to engage with you and ask you to do your miraculous work in us, in Jesus' name. And I couldn't come up here and speak this message without giving you the opportunity to know who Jesus is, and giving you the opportunity to enter into a relationship with him. So with every head bowed and eyes closed, just want to ask if there's anyone in this room who doesn't know Jesus, but would like to start a relationship with them today, to just lift their hands up. No one's watching. It's okay. And I'm going to pray for you, and if you guys would like to pray with me. Father, we thank you that in this day, We have new life in Jesus. We lay down our previous choices. We ask you to forgive us our sins. And we ask you to give us new life in Jesus. Today, I have a new perspective. And it's your perspective. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'd just like to encourage you that if either of those two prayers tugged at your heartstrings, there will be people up here that would love to pray with you. If you want me to pray with you, I would love to pray with you. But God is in this place. His joy, his unsettled assurance is in this place. And if you need it this morning, it is here for you. Thank you. Thank you for letting me to talk with you this morning. Have a wonderful week. At Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to connect further with Refuge, feel free to go online to wearerefuge.net or on social media at wearerefuge.